Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. Have you ever tried natural toothpaste? If you have, you'll know that it can feel like a trade-off. Sure, it's great to ditch the artificial flavors and sodium laurel sulfate, but brushing with a natural toothpaste can feel flat and bland, leaving your mouth with an unclean feeling. I've tried a lot of toothpaste that either tastes like baking soda or just don't seem to work. Himalaya Botanique, our sponsor for today's episode, has changed all that. Their toothpaste is free from fluoride, SLS, and artificial colors and flavors. But unlike other similar toothpastes, they don't compromise on flavor or performance. Himalaya toothpaste is always bursting with foam and flavor. Interested in trying it for yourself? Get 20% off Himalaya Botanique toothpaste on Amazon with the discount code LIFELESSONS. Check out our show notes for more details on this episode's sponsorship with Himalaya Botanique. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Right Living by Susan H. Wixon, published in 1894. That which we know is all our own. The more we know, the more we absorb of useful knowledge, the richer we become. Science which can be shown, demonstrated and realized, is the desirable thing. Think about it. Does not actual knowledge put to flight all extremes of error and misunderstanding? Take a fact in nature. Prove it and it becomes yours, and not all the hyenas and bloodhounds of ignorance can take it from you. As someone has said before, there are two valuable possessions which no search warrant can get at, and which no reverse of fortune can destroy. They are what a person puts into their head, i.e. knowledge, and what they put into their hands, i.e. skill. Is there any limit to the acquisition of knowledge? No. Nobody has gained the whole of knowledge, and no one knows so much that they may not acquire still more. Sir Isaac Newton said at the close of his illustrious life that the great facts he had found by study and search were but pebbles on the seashore compared to the vast ocean of knowledge still untouched. We are never too old to learn, and the great purpose of life should be to store the mind with all the useful knowledge possible. Why? Because we are then armed and equipped to battle with the forces of error and prejudice, and in any encounter to come off a conqueror. The true victories, said Napoleon Bonaparte, the only ones which we need never lament, are those won over the dominion of ignorance. To know is to be uplifted. It is to become the owner of treasures more valuable than mines of gold. It is to walk in clear light. Knowledge, real knowledge, is stimulation. It has a million strings by which it draws us, step by step, to fountains of living waters the fountains that supply the thirst of all nations. The fundamental forces of being urge on to discovery, 
these forces dawn with fact of life, and prompt the child to inquire, to question everything it sees and hears. Nature commands that we seek to know, and knowing, to apply knowledge, for of what avail is knowledge unless applied. To store the mind with dates and figures is not so important as to know how to interpret the elements of nature, to apply that which we do know to the life we live. That which is termed invention or discovery is only applied knowledge. We may fill our minds with huge collections of thoughts of others, but they serve little purpose unless we deduce from them new and original thoughts of our own. The accumulation of much knowledge avails nothing unless it provides helpfulness to others as well as to ourselves. Knowledge is needed for the emergencies of life and for the pursuit of happiness. It is an incentive to gain more knowledge and to induce others to apply for more. For what purpose? Surely to make living easier, pleasanter, better. To make all who come within the circle of our influence, as well as ourselves, wiser, nobler, happier, better able to cope with the difficulties and the temptations that arise on every hand. Is this not an inspiration in the search after knowledge? Does it not point to finer growth, greater activity? How shall we teach others, you ask? My answer is to tell in the simplest way, and by direct and appropriate illustration, the truths you have learned. Teach what you know. What you do not know, you have no right to assume to know. No humble age should be overlooked when seeking knowledge. Nothing should be thought beneath your notice. Unforeseen difficulties are constantly arising whereby what you know, however simple it may be, will come into play. Let no moment pass by unimproved. A mind directed toward the end of knowledge will not be apt to stray into forbidden paths of crime or shame or find itself in the hovel of dismay and despair. Education in general should bring to mind the ideal of the individual. It is the enlargement of perception. It is extension of thought. It is unfoldment. It is growth. It is the flowering of mind and morals. Education is the means whereby character is made. It is the charm that gives gracefulness to strength of mind, extension to your range of vision, powering glory to your whole being. Any other object than the uplifting of the human being is unworthy to be called education. Is instruction alone education? Is it to be able to enumerate the names of towns and cities by the thousand? to detail events from the last hundred years. No, that is only an exercise of memory. Education is more than an effort of memorizing. It is the opening of latent talent, the loosening of the soil of the mind, so that new roots may stir to action. Education is independent action. 
the awakening of dormant powers, the starting of thought, the flashing of observation, the kindling of reflection. It is facts put to use. It is application, enfolding the physical and mental, the moral and intellectual. Mental development in a weak and feeble body is like life in an imperfect and dilapidated mansion, where the roof is leaky, the windows rattling, the doors unhinged, and the chimney defective. Yet physical development, a muscular frame like a prize fighter, is of no great value if the mind is a barren field, a wild pasture with the moral attributes swinging and swaying in the wilderness of ignorance, untaught and uncontrolled. Education combines the vigor of both mind and body. It holds all parts of the human system complete, so that we are able to compete with the world. A mind enlarged by practical understanding of all that is related to common everyday living sustained by principle, nourished by virtues, is a jewel. When set in a firm, healthy brain, supported by a healthy body, it is indeed the one great prize of time and the world we live in. Education is a flood of rich music, enriching and enrapturing all who come within the sphere of its harmonies. Education is the changing of the ideal into the real. It is gained always by personal effort. It is true enough that some seem not to have the energy to make the effort of acquiring education. Such people must make a special endeavor, a step at a time. Every individual has the capacity to learn, but capacity is something that money cannot purchase. It may procure diplomas, but money cannot buy that which makes diplomas. An education cannot be purchased or given. It has to be earned in all cases, by the one who aspires to it. Why should we care for an education? For what reason? Because education makes happiness. It makes men and women of value to the world and to one another. Emerson has told us that people are helpful through the intellect and the affections. All mental and moral force is a positive good. It goes out from you whether you will it or not, and profits those whom you never thought of. Education is thus the basis of virtue and goodness. So shall we not favor that which shows us how to live happily and wisely? Certainly yes. But what shall we say to those whom circumstances seem to have deprived of the common privileges of education, or ordinary school advantages? We must encourage them to not throw away a single chance for learning something new, for improving themselves, though it be ever so slight. The experience of others, as we receive them in books and by word of mouth, are the charts by which we are enabled to shape our own course. To become educated in its best and truest sense is to know how to be useful to ourselves, serviceable to society, 
and valuable to our country and the world. We should strive to be well educated, not alone in books, but in mechanical arts. The best education is that which combines instruction of books and experience with practical work in mechanics. The individual is well educated whose skillful hands are directed by a quick, clear, and comprehensive mind. Education is a lane of delight where one may walk at all times without weariness. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Transform your life in 30 days with our Majesty Meditation Program. Our unique auto-suggestion sound method meditation will help you achieve success in every area of your personal and professional life. Learn more at livinghour.org majesty. To get 30% off the $11.99 purchase price, use the coupon code INSPIRATION. Thanks for listening. Look forward to talking with you next time.